1: No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, it's the rest stop with Brad restituted. Come on.
0: Welcome to the rest up. We're live on a Tuesday, September 15th, episode seven. Thanks for joining us tonight. Got a really good show for you in store. Uh just sports are are running rampant. Now that we've got professional sports up and running, it's in full effect. NBA, NFL, college football, NHL playoffs. Uh it's MMA, WNBA, you name it, we've got it rolling and a fantastic. Uh, and surprising finish in the NBA playoffs tonight as the Denver Nuggets come back from three games to one down against the Clippers and just run away in the second half, outscoring the Clippers 50-33 to in the second half and taking the series four games to three and moving on to the Western Conference Finals to take on the waiting king and his men. The king and his men, the Lakers, taking on the Nuggets, and the Nuggets did it in, in improbable and impressive fashion. Jamal Murray had 40 points tonight. Uh, Jokic had 20 plus rebounds and they were fantastic and when you thought that they've exuded all their energy at the end they came through with a fantastic finish tonight and we'll we'll get into that game and we'll also get into the west the rest of the of the playoffs and a game one in the Eastern Conference Finals tonight uh is just just amazing but the, the nba playoffs are outstanding in the bubble there in orlando and just some exciting action action and we get to recap it uh freshly off it just ended the the clippers nuggets game ended less than 20 minutes ago so we'll get into that we'll also get into our rundown of the nfl weekend that was finished up last night monday night football the giants fell to the steelers 26-16 and Steven Goskowski in the late game, the new kicker for the Titans, was terrible, missing three field goals and an extra point. But coming through when it mattered most as they were able to go on the road and beat the Denver Broncos 16-14. to 14. So we'll recap all of our picks from the weekend as we broke them down on Thursday, and we'll give you our record. And we'll also tell you a little bit about some of those games as well, what our thoughts are moving forward. You know, week one uh, is is kind of up in the air and we saw that in the NFL this Sunday and usually some of the most unpredictable games and play happens in week two as some of these teams make the biggest jumps of improvement from week one to week two so we'll break that down and hopefully if we got a little time we'll preview the Thursday night game because we'll be back with you Thursday but after the game so we'll preview the Thursday night game number one overall pick Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals travel to Cleveland to take on Baker Mayfield and the Browns the Browns uh, got their butt kicked on Sunday, 38-6, by the Ravens, as I predicted. And it looks like it could be a long year for Cleveland if they don't get it turned around quick. Joining me, as always, my main man, Spencer the Wiz. And, uh, Spence, it, it's been quite the night tonight. Thanks for joining me again. You're uh, doing an outstanding job here at the rest stop. And uh, you had some good picks this Sunday. But let's before, – actually, before – before we start it off, because it's so exciting. I mean, the Nuggets, a huge win tonight. Um, but but first, your quick thoughts before we get into anything. We, we've got NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, everything going. Uh, first NFL weekend and then kind of hit the climax tonight with the NBA playoffs with this big Nuggets win. Your thoughts overall on the entirety of sports back kind of in full effect.
1: Yeah, it it does feel like things are coming back to normal a little bit, and football especially because even though the stadiums are mostly empty, the way that the game is filmed, they just don't show the crowd space anymore, so it doesn't feel like a weird game, and I think the crowd noise is actually fine because in baseball it's really bad, obviously, but in football, it sounded pretty natural, although they, the announcers had a few flubs here and there saying, oh, it was just a two yard run. And it sounded like the crowd was going insane, like the Super Bowl was won. So they'll have to fix stuff like that. But it's not something I think we would have even noticed on our end. Uh, it feels good. I mean, football is a totally different beast, obviously. So if this is a real American, you know, kind of showdown we have going here.
0: Well, make sure you stay tuned because we will get into all the playoff talks in the NBA. Uh, I assure you there's plenty to talk about. But Spence, before we do that, I missed it last week. We ran out of time. Uh, but I've got to start off uh, with the Believers Confessions because I got to get something off my chest, Spence, and I need your feedback. So let's go to it. All right, Spence. So I've got to ask you a question. Have you ever had a moment uh, in in your young, short life where you just went ballistic at the dinner table, at the buffet table, and you ate so much where you just felt sick and you you, you felt –
1: Yeah, I, I did.
0: I mean, well, tell me a little bit One time I went
1: to a Chinese buffet and uh, I just, I ate so much. I was a kid at the time, so I don't don't think I really kind of understood the dynamics of how much you can eat. So that was kind of my uh, breaking point. I think as a kid, I was like, a buffet can eat anything? Like, this is such a steal. This is all we eat for all my meals because I can eat as much as I want. And uh, yeah, as soon as I got home, I... I
0: lost you there for a second, Spence, but... So you can feel my pain with this confession I'm about to tell you. And it's kind of a two-part confession. The first one is you no, know, my girlfriend Amanda's back in town from from California and I'm great and glad to have her back. And you wouldn't notice by looking at her, but we both love to eat and she can put him down just as much as I can at the dinner table. So the confession story is we went to Olive Garden I don't know, probably seven or eight months ago for one of the all-you-can-eat uh, soup and salad and all-you-can-eat pasta bowl, something like that. Well, we got in there and we were like in heaven. We went to town, breadsticks, salad, soup, all-you-can-eat pasta. And I was so miserable after that meal. I said, honey, I ate so much, I'm going to run home from from Olive Garden. I'm going to walk, run home from Olive Garden. She says, okay. I said, tie me uh, on how long it takes me. I'm in jeans and not even my tie-up sneakers. And she takes off, goes home. This is probably about, I don't know, I'm just guessing a a two-and-a-half-mile drive, fairly close. So for those locally, and Spence, you'll know this, but anybody listening out of state won't know the Cross Streets, but it was the Olive Garden on Cheyenne uh, in 95, and I live 95 Rainbow Lake Mead. Uh, So you know, do the math, pretty much where that in and out burger is off the 95 and Lake Mead exit in the Olive Garden on Cheyenne. So I decided I ate so much, I was going to walk or run my ass home. And I did. I, I got on a nice jog, cross, uh, crossed the street and was on my way. And I got all the way home on this jog slash run. And I, I think it took me under an hour. So uh, she would have to correct me on that exactly. But I was impressed with that. But I it was the first to my knowledge and anybody was so disgusted with how they eat after dinner they were going to run home it's, uh, it's, did you
1: but, like what was your pace like on the way home did you start out going as fast well, they, as possible they, it wasn't
0: a run it was like a jog but i had moments where i picked it up into a run i wouldn't say sprint but i would say run um it's it's definitely true it, this literally happened she can vouch for me so so this <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, okay. Everyone's got the jokes. But this leads me <laughs> into, into last Thursday, fence. Before I got on the show, me and Amanda went to all-you-can-eat sushi. And we can pound it down. And I'm telling you, dude, we I started off with like six orders. She, they brought them all at the same time. We literally consumed the table with sushi rolls. And we went to town, and we ordered more. And it was just like glutton fest, dude. We're like smashing all-you-can-eat sushi. I had like seven orders of rolls. And then – uh, when dessert came, it was one of the few chi- uh, few sushi buffets that had cookies and cream ice cream, and it was good cookies and cream. So I got two scoops of that, and it was just like a nightmare. We were both—I I was more miserable than her, but we were miserable. So it started off by me saying to myself, "Spence, I- I've got to find a way to cut this out. I-, I can't go on eating like this." You know, and, and recently when I got the boot. And the X-ray for my fractured foot, I got my blood pressure taken and it was very high, so I knew something had to be done about this. Uh, so I decided I was going to go on a fast after that sushi meal. So, <laughs> uh, so I've I am now on. I completed four days of the fast, Spence, and the fast included no solid food one protein shake a day, water, and maybe one vitamin water for electrolytes. So I got four days in, no food. I broke the fast uh, on on day four after the 96 hours. And I had a peach, an apple, a banana, and some trail mix. And today I've only had uh, a peach and an apple. So I feel really good about myself. And I'm hoping to keep this momentum going because we've talked about this before And my blood pressure, I went to a doctor checkup Monday. The blood pressure was like 161 over 109. It's awful. They had to give me uh, blood pressure medication, but I'm feeling really great. Now I'm five days into fasting, eating completely healthy, and I'm hoping to keep the (laughs) momentum going. Uh, But without further ado, I I know everyone's tired of my eating regimen. We've got to get into it. NBA playoffs tonight. It started off uh, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Miami Heat in overtime. They take care of the Boston Celtics. Jimmy Butler hit a big shot down the clutch, 117-114. And, of course, Bam Adebayo was fantastic with a fantastic block towards the rim, and he was great. And, and they get the win in a fantastic game. and It started off the Eastern Conference playoffs in amazing fashion. Dragic, I believe, had 29. He was fantastic. They get the win. And Miami, great start. Boston has got to get back on the train. They had a seven-game series against Toronto in the semifinals. The Heat get it done, Spence, 117-114.
1: Yeah, I would say the thing that surprised me the most, other than that Boston let me down for my ticket, is their lack of discipline down the stretch. They had the game but an eight point uh, lead with like four minutes left and Tyler hero hit a great three. That's one of them, but still you had the Jay Crowder passage, Jimmy Butler for the open dunk. And that's really where the game started transition. Guys had their hands on their knees. They looked unfocused. Uh, it's not what I expected from Brad Stevens team. And that's why I bet on the Celtics is I expected the exact opposite, but we know Eric Spolcher is a great coach too. That's not to discount him. And he comes out with these great game plans. I, I don't expect this to be like a clean a clean sweep or anything, but Miami has the advantage, as far as I'm concerned, considering how well uh, Alex Spolter is coaching and maybe Brad Stevens not coaching.
0: Yeah, let, let's let's talk about the block. Uh, Dave mentioned it, and it was one of the <laughs> it was one of the most amazing blocks I've ever seen in a playoff game. LeBron's chase down is memorable, one directly at the rim like this as T- Tatum goes up for the dunk. I believe it was in overtime. And pretty much had the ball in his hand over the rim, and Adebayo rejects it. Uh, pretty much stuffs him right there at the rim. No foul, clean block. Just an amazing defensive play in, in such a big spot.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't want Bam Adebayo on your team? And you would think he's a liability at the four because he can't stretch it out. He plays so well within his role. His ability, the floater, is for the touch he has at the four, I think, is. It's not unprecedented. It's never. It's not like it's never been seen before. But it's special. It's elite at the very least. Uh, he, he has shown the ability to go in the low block, and at the very least, when there's a mismatch, you know he's going up and either laying it up or dunking, which is extremely impressive.
0: Uh, well, looks like Corey is is three crown and cokes in because he's telling me to to screw uh, my eating stories and diets. Um, so. As he is a few drinks in, he wants to talk uh, about the Lakers, but we'll get there uh, in a fantastic Western Conference semi-final end, a game seven. But to finish off the talk with the Heat and the Celtics, does this look like this is going to be a deep series? I think this series goes all the way, seven games. um, And really, I don't know who I like right now. I mean, Duncan Robinson only played 17 minutes. Uh, Tyler Hero, he was he was great statistically, but he definitely has more uh, more scoring in him. But this was kind of a high-scoring game, even though it went to, to overtime, high-scoring between these two teams. Do you think this series goes seven games?
1: Yeah, I talked about this uh, during, I think, our last uh, show, which was – uh, that I thought the Celtics would lose to Miami, I, I, but I thought Toronto would beat Miami if they went to the conference finals. And here we are. I mean, it looks great for me winning game one, but I don't think that's indicative of the entire series, especially because w- it went to overtime. It comes, the difference is like a few like bounces, a few rolls some, a certain way. I do expect this to go to seven.
0: All right, let's get to it. The, uh, the game of the night and the upset of the season. Western Conference semifinals, the Denver Nuggets come back from 3 to 1 down to take the robot Kawhi Leonard if you listen to the last show I had some choice words for Kawhi and I look pretty good right now as the Nuggets and Jamal Murray Jamal goes 40 tonight in game 7 and they blast they blast the Clippers in the second half outscoring 50 to 33 Jokic was a beast with 20-plus rebounds. Murray, 40 points. Leonard, 6 of 22 from the field. He was terrible. I must have gotten his head. And the Clippers are going fishing. They're going home, folks. They're not making it to the finals to take on the Lakers. They blow a 3-1 lead. They have never been to a conference final ever. And they continue that streak of blowing closeout games. It doesn't matter if it's Chris Paul. It doesn't matter if it's Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. It's the Clippers. And Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has plenty of heat on his back right now as he's going fishing. And he did it with Boston, but he's not doing it with the Clippers. And he is not feeling himself as the Clippers were the first in the in this COVID pandemic to send Pelotons to their players. And bombers spent all the money, all the money to get them to that finals. They just couldn't do it. Uh, a healthy Nuggets team comes into the, the conference finals and they've they stretched the last series to seven. They looked fantastic. They looked a little winded during this series, but they made the comeback, Spence. None of us thought it would happen. We we liked the series to go kind of long at the beginning because we thought Denver could give them a challenge, but in nobody's mind did we think that they would come back from three games to one as they were down. I believe that on Thursday when we spoke last and come full circle to now not only win a game, but win three games to beat the Clippers, four games to three, and to make a trip to the Western Conference Finals, Spence, unbelievable.
1: Oh, yeah, unbelievable is an understatement. I have to eat crow, I guess you could say, and say that I thought there's no way the Nuggets could win three games in a row. I We did agree that the, the series would go long in the beginning, but once they were down 3-1, I was like, okay, I guess I was wrong about that. But, uh, yeah, Doc Rivers got out coached by Malone, full and through, and a lot of it falls on Paul George and stuff like that, without a doubt. I mean, <laughs> the guy went 4-14 tonight, I think uh Kawhi was like eight of something that wasn't much better than that the two biggest guys who you need to show up in in the biggest games just quite literally didn't which is unbelievable uh, Jamal Murray was able to open himself up in this game he must have saw something in the previous games that that wasn't seen before which was the difference maker and you know the Clippers are com- the Denver Nuggets complete another 3-1 series comeback and it's just oh my gosh it's to think that they have the energy to play the Lakers is like a long shot. It almost feels like, but hey, I, I don't know. At this point, what can you say against the Nuggets?
0: Look, uh, clearly Corey and Dave are uh, having a great time in the comments as they're pounding down Crown and Cokes together. They got jokes all over the place, but let's uh, let's let's preview the Western Conference Finals here. Uh, Denver. Here, here's my philosophy. I know some people think, "Oh, Denver's exuded a lot of energy. They've gone seven games twice." I completely disagree with that. They've had a, a whole off season, three and a half, four months off from when their season stopped with the COVID pandemic and restarted back up. There's no reason they can't feel comfortable going six, seven games and playing what the 12, 15 games they played leading up to the playoffs. I don't want to hear anything about fatigue. They'll have a day off. That's plenty of time for these guys and what they're accustomed to. And if anything, Denver's got all of the momentum heading into this series. I know it's going to be a different beast, but the Lakers have dropped game ones before they dropped it against Houston. They dropped it against the Blazers. And yes, they came back and gentlemen sweep. They won four straight and ended it. This could be a different beast because the Rockets, they couldn't match up with the size. Jokic can match up. Jokic is his own beast to handle. And the series before that against Portland. Yeah. Some similarities, but Portland had their chances to make that series longer. in some of those middle games, and they were hitting shots Uh and, and they battled hard without Dame and in the last game, but if Denver stays healthy, I, again, think, think this series can go deep because, look, uh, we know the Lakers aren't three-point savants. And the point is, is who's going to match up with Jamal Murray for the Lakers? You think Rondo, at his age, it, you're convinced that he's going to lock him down? I mean, Rondo's great, but he hasn't faced anybody the cali- caliber of Jamal Murray. Uh, Suspense, so how do you think this series shapes up? It should be a great one.
1: It should be a great one. Although I I disagree with you that they haven't had experience. I mean, they took out Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum in round one. So statistically speaking, the Lakers are the number one defensive team in the league at guarding the one and two. Now, a lot of that uh, you know is due to Avery Bradley, who obviously isn't playing. But Rondo will be a factor. I think he'll be more of a factor than. Um, Gosh, I can't. Who, the point guard for the Clippers, who's like super overrated on defense. Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly. He's not even in the top 30 of defensive rating, in case you guys are wondering. I don't know where he gets this moniker. I don't know where he gets this. He, his whole thing is he's high energy and steals. But still, I'd rather have a guy who's consistent on defense than someone like him. But uh, yeah, I gosh, I mean, Jokic won't have as good of a time as he did in this series. The Clippers literally just didn't make their roster to guard the center, knowing full well that the two best teams in the West, if you think the Nuggets and the Lakers are the best, and they didn't do anything about that. The idea that Zubach would be able to do this, oh, man. It's just uh, – they were wrong from the start. And also, you know, I, we talked about coaching and stuff. But, yeah, th- this should be a great conference uh, finals.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned the Lakers' matchup against Portland, and I agree with you, but Lillard missed most of Game 6, I believe. Or did he miss Game 7? Uh, but he he – no, the, the, it didn't go seven because uh, the Lakers oh, won four right. games to one. Yeah, he, he but got, the last yeah. – game five and game four, um, I don't believe he played fully in game four and he missed all of game five. So, I mean, look, and he in the game two and three, he missed a few shots, more than a few shots. So I just think it's going to be a little different with Murray. I mean, Murray has been pretty consistent throughout these playoffs with – and, and yes – the, the Blazers were, were as well with Lillard, but I just think it's different. I, I, I think Jokic brings a little bit of a different dynamic than, uh, uh, descent. I, I can't think of the center. I, I can think of him, but his name's similar to Jokic, 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 Jokic. for uh, Portland. So we'll see. Um, I, I think it could go six games or seven and we, we know nobody's going to be surprised if Denver gets off to a one Oh lead in this series. Uh, so it's going to be a good one. We'll see LeBron. You met Spence. You mentioned it before you thought LeBron hit another gear. And if that's the case, uh, I mean, he can take over the entire series, but I'm, af- I'm afraid for the Lakers, they're going to have struggles from the line. Again, they're going to miss shots. And I think it's going to, the series is going to be extended a little longer than they anticipated.
1: Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I, I, the Nuggets actually seem like a good bet going first. If you want to continue that trend of the Lakers, just like feeling the game out in the game one of their playoff series. I mean, yeah, no, I'm totally in agreement with you on that.
0: Well, Spence, now the coaching carousel in the NBA gets a little bigger. uh, Since we spoke last on Thursday, Mike D'Antoni is no longer the coach of the Houston Rockets. So we've got Billy Donovan uh, available. We've got Mike D'Antoni available and a few spots open for coaching positions the Pacers job the Sixers job do you where do you see these guys land in Spence
1: gosh that's a that's a great question uh Billy Donovan I totally assume to go to the 76ers it just seems like a great fit especially in a week in the east like he was fighting for his life for the thunder with the roster that he had to make it so uh, I think it's I think that's where he'll go um Mike D'Antoni I could definitely see going to the Chicago Bulls I think they try to they're going to want to try to keep their offense flowing at a high rate which obviously that's what D'Antoni's all about Uh, you got Laurie Market in and Zach Levine I think those are two guys who would be pretty darn successful in his system
0: yeah it's gonna be what about Billy Donovan do you think I don't know if he's gonna get the Sixers job Indiana do you think he's in contention for any of those
1: yeah I, I I would, would I say go to the 76ers? I I, may, I I think Billy Donovan, excuse me, is going to the 76ers. Uh, I just think that he's the most primed. I think he's he'll know how to coach high level talent. He did with Chris Paul, Shea Galegus Alexander. So and he's seen young stars, he's seen old stars, which I think is exactly what the 76ers need right now, other than a roster that should completely change.
0: Yeah, the sports Nista just jumped in at yeah, Cassandra. It was a crazy game. And we just we just broke it down. I mean, it, the Clippers—they've never been to a conference final, so it just put them in the category of the Cleveland Browns for football. They just find a way to choke, and it's pretty surprising. Kawhi Leonard, six of twenty-two, in this closeout game. Paul George playoff P was nowhere to be found, and Jamal Murray and and Jokic, Nikola Jokic took advantage of it, and they absolutely dominated the second half, outscoring the Clippers fifty to thirty-three. And they've got all the confidence in the world heading into the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. So I think it's going to be a tough series for the Lakers more so than they've got up to this point. Cause we know where the Lakers are susceptible to be beat. They could be missing free throws. They could go cold from the three point line. And if they have too many of those mistakes, the Nuggets could extend the series. That's just my thought. I thought they could take the Clippers deep and not only did they take the Clippers deep, they came back from three to three to one down to win the series. So anything's possible. It should be a great conference finals between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Spence real quick here, locally, the golden Knights, uh, they fell over the weekend and leading up to this week, actually yesterday. uh, So ending their season, they were down three games to one and they lost game four. So Spence, your thoughts on the Golden Knights and how they're going to bounce back next year. And is Mark andre Fleury, is his days as a Vegas Golden Knight number?
1: I think they first have to figure out uh, paying um, Leonard. I don't think they have the money for it right now. Uh, two guys for me that just straight up have to go. Uh, that's going to be Jonathan Marcheseau and Max Pacioretty. Pacioretty was just abysmal. He's Besides penalties, you know, he the thing he's known for supposedly scoring he didn't have a goal in the last 7 games of the playoffs along with a bunch of terrible terrible shots uh, so the, the there's this old philosophy in hockey and I don't really understand why of any shot on goal is a good shot on goal well that's may that may have worked in the 1940s when they were using paper napkins for pads in the goalie but that's just not how it works now these guys are super athletic they're getting better they have bigger pads more solid equipment and you have to get a decent shot going to the goal. And that's what the gold knights were not nowhere near that. Jonathan Marciusot was just a liability at some point. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh Patriceretti is just absolutely terrible. So getting rid of Marchot and Patri, along with getting rid of guys who have just zero juice, and I know I've talked about that at least once before about guys who I think either have the juice or don't both of them don't. If both of your top line guys literally can't score your goal, and you guys you got guys like Burns on the other side who are just killing you because they have that extra gear, you'll you'll never make the Stanley Cup Finals. And you have all this money tied up from them. It drives me crazy. I don't know why people defend people like that because they look cute. I guess I, honestly, I think that's the only argument I've ever heard. Uh, so they're gonna have to make some roster change, and, and it, I don't know if they'll be able to do it. I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really up to date on. Uh, you know, how often trades and how easy they are in hockey. So it's something we'll have to see.
0: Well, the Golden Knights, are just going to have to hang it up for next year because it's it's unfortunate here locally. Everyone's rooting for them and thought they had a good chance in this series, Uh, but they fall to the Dallas Stars four games to one. And the Dallas Stars will be waiting in the conference final. I don't know if the game active between Tampa Bay and the Islanders is still going, but when we came on the air, I believe it was in second overtime with Tampa Bay leading that series three games to one. So we'll see how that shapes up for the NHL bubble. Let's get into NFL, Spence. It wrapped up yesterday on Monday night, and kind of an insane first week, week one of the NFL in this pandemic, no preseason season there, there were some interesting games and we gave our picks and you'll see them there on the graphic below and Spence outdid me a little bit it was a tough one there was there was a few games we were on opposite sides of and we there were a few that we were on the same side and lost uh, so Spence as you go through those uh, tell everybody out there how we did and how that matches up against the pros here in Vegas break it down Wiz style for everybody listening there on Facebook. And then of course on Landry football.
1: Yeah. So you guys see it like right here on the graphic below, I did the point spread. It was at the time. So some of these lines did change final. So I made sure I used the information from the show. Exactly. X mark obviously means we missed the bet. Uh, it's going through here. The Titans game in particular is the one I'd like to highlight because the final line I believe was three, and at some point it was like two and a half. But when we made that bet, it was one and a half. So technically, we got that right. Uh, that brings our overall record here. I went nine of fourteen, which is sixty four point two three percent. And uh, Brad, you were really close behind, eight of fourteen at fifty seven point one four percent. And statistically speaking, professional sports gamblers or sports betters have a win rate of fifty to fifty five percent. Sixty is extremely high, apparently. I don't expect this. I, I'm pretty sure I'll regress down to the mean when it comes down to, uh, you know, week five or something like that. But off the gates, obviously, we went above average for week one.
0: Yeah, and on my Twitter page, uh, I play a few contests for free, and I gave out five picks. Uh, but the contest lines are different, so I got a bad line with Tennessee at minus two and a half, and of course, got Guskowski was so bad uh, last night that they weren't able to cover that game as he missed three field goals and an extra point. We'll talk about that when we break down those games. So uh, look, NFL, let, let's get it started on the top of the card and get, give our thoughts and, and, of course, how we did against the spread. You, you pulled up that graphic. Jets and Bill Spence, we both were on Buffalo. They covered the spread. I've talked about the Jets in kind of the preview. I think they're one of the worst teams in the league. I think Adam Gase will be the first one to be fired, although uh, somebody else like Matt Patricia could be hot on his tail. Uh, but the Bills, they get a win. They win by double digits. And they uh, they take care of the Jets. Sam Darnold, no Robbie Anderson as he moved on to uh, Carolina. And the Jets traded away Jamal Adams to Seattle. So I, I think maybe they win three or four games this year. Not a big surprise uh, that the Bills get the win and the cover.
1: Oh yeah, without a doubt. This was one of those like bets. I just couldn't believe with my eyes, but I get it. It's week one. So it's way more unpredictable. The lines are going to be a lot more conservative. You'll see that open up as I think as the season goes on.
0: It's going to be interesting also, because usually the Vegas lines handicap the home field advantage and the home field advantage is way different than it's ever been. So you're, and I I saw a lot of the look ahead lines and you see a lot of sevens, straight sevens, which is a key number here in Vegas. And I know, uh, Alex Seppi just joined the chat. He's a huge Bills fan. I see him in the chat there. So he's got to be pretty pumped with his Bills getting a win in week one. He's fired up. He's a big basketball guy. fired up about the Nuggets. Uh, But he's a big Bills fan. And uh, sorry, Alex, you missed. We just already finished basketball talk. You should have tuned in 20 minutes ago. So we'll talk about your Bills right now. The Bills, um, look, Stefan Diggs, they acquired in a trade. They've got more weapons around Josh Allen than they've ever had. They're a favorite to win the division. And it's going to be a good year for Buffalo. I think if they stay healthy, I think they will win that division. I think they'll win it uh, by two games, and we'll see how that plays out. But a nice win for Buffalo week one. They cover the spread at home, and they beat the Jets. So Dolphins-Patriots is the next one on the board. And, Spence, I know you're not high on the Patriots, but the Patriots get the win in the cover. Uh, And and like I said, I I just didn't think the Dolphins have the roster to be – Extremely competitive this year. Brian Flores, I think, has definitely got them heading in the right direction. I think he'll be great eventually, but I think this year he'll compete. But it's going to be tough to get the wins. Uh, We'll see what happens when they decide to go with Tua. Uh, But the Patriots under Cam Newton, whole new look offense with Josh McDaniels pulling the strings. And Bill Belichick, of course, on that defense, holds Miami to 11 points. But New England gets the win and the cover. And Cam Newton, very effective in his first game as a Patriot.
1: Yeah, their offense looked pretty bland. I think they had over 200 rushing yards, which you just won't be able to do against every team in the league. And the Patriots are just lucky that they play two of the worst teams in the league like every year. So uh, again, it's just the Dolphins are just going to have to take a long time. I I do like some of the young pieces they added. It's just not going to happen this season. So I thought the Patriots will be able to control the game. Uh, For the most part, they did, especially at the end. And when you run the ball, covering spreads becomes a lot easier.
0: Yeah, next game on the list, Browns and Ravens, Spence, and this is this is my favorite pick of the week. Uh, I went against people online that were trying to convince me of Cleveland, and you don't bet Cleveland. You, anybody that's a better should know that by now, and some of these idiot professionals still uh, want to go to the well when they've been burned so many times. Um, I make some bad plays, but, but taking the Browns against the Ravens is not one of those bad plays to be on the Browns. The Browns got their butt kicked and they got blown out. They only scored six points in that matchup and the Ravens pick up where they left off last regular season. Lamar Jackson was efficient and got the victory and they covered that spread easily uh, against Cleveland. So uh, I, w- I was very confident about that. And a couple of my strong takes, Uh, look really good. As I went off on Kawhi Leonard on Thursday, he blows it and lose. I went off on the Cleveland Browns and they get embarrassed by the Baltimore Ravens. Spence.
1: Yeah, the new regime is in for Cleveland. We see this every transitioning team. There's a little bit of hype when the new coach comes in. Then you realize that they're actually really bad. Then the offseason, the coach says, okay, I don't have the guys that I want. They end up trading them all. There's going to be a fire sale for the Browns at any moment now, if it's not before the end of the season.
0: Yeah, so the next game, Colts, Jaguars, the the professionals in Vegas like to call it, Sharps versus Squares. We were on the square side. We got a bad number, and the Colts, not only did they not cover, they got beat outright by Jacksonville. This one surprised me, Spence, because they traded away their best offensive and defensive player. Yannick and Dockway traded to Minnesota, Leonard Fournette to Tampa Bay, and Gardner Minshew only in his second year, no preseason, no offseason. Look, he looks like the real deal. And let's give Jacksonville credit. Their young guys stepped up. Uh, LaVisca Chanel from Colorado, their first-round pick, scored a touchdown, had three catches. Some of the other young guys contributed on defense also. And and what an impressive win for Jacksonville against a Colts team that a lot of people thought were going to go in and win this division. And they got beat outright by Jacksonville as an eight-point favorite, probably the most shocking or one of the two most shocking outcomes of the weekend. Jags get the win against the favorite Colts.
1: I've always hated uh, the – Philip Rivers, excuse me. So, I hate him even more now. It was the last game of my ticket that did not hit. They had the lead, and Philip Rivers just can't help himself. The way I know that I'm in reality is if Philip Rivers is down a touchdown with two minutes left, he always seems to find a way to make that happen. And it's just unbelievable. C.J. Henderson did have a pick in that game, so that was a really good sign from him, a guy who struggles tackling, but without a doubt was the best cover guy in the draft, in my opinion. So... Uh, I'm impressed by the Jaguars team. Their young guys played a lot better than I did. And the Colts looked a lot worse than I thought they would. So it was kind of a joining of the two ideas.
0: Yeah, look, Alex is chiming in. CJ Henderson, Alex lives in Jacksonville. So please chime in. Uh, I I thought the Jags, I thought people were crazy. Some professionals... Uh, online, I read, made a huge bet on Jacksonville to win the division. I thought there was zero chance of that happening. I still do. But what a what a win in division week one as an eight-point dog. A lot of confidence starting the season out 1-0. and Doug Marone, a lot of people think, uh, is one of the guys on the hot seat to lose his job first. What a great win. And, dude, it, it seems like we were talking, Spence, when Jacksonville traded away those players. They're going to be in the lottery for Trevor Lawrence, the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Gardner Minshew may be the guy that leads his team into the future. He certainly made the decision that they're going to have to take the job away from him because he's going to play great. He put, put up great stats last year. Uh, and this year, huge win to start off the season. Is Gardner Minshew the future for this organization?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was the one who said it myself. I, th- I thought they were on the Trevor Lawrence train, but it looks like Minshew really does have that juice. You would think an off season of game tape and he would like come down to earth, like, like Robert Griffin, the third did, but Hey, uh, he's got pizzazz, and that that takes a lot that takes you a long way. I bet you the Browns wish they had Gardner Minshew instead of Baker Mayfield right now.
0: Yeah, I bet they do, and that's crazy for us to say. And although I, I know Dave's on the the Baker uh, bandwagon, but sorry, Dave, you might have to jump off because Gardner is looking like uh, the guy right now. So, so your Browns hype, uh, get him out of there because uh, Baker his days in Cleveland could be done, just like. Uh, Johnny Manziel's were, and just like almost every other quarterback before them. So next game, Spence, after Colts, uh, Jacksonville, another one where we both took an L, took it in the shorts there. Philadelphia Eagles blow a 17 nothing lead, an inspiring speech at halftime as head coach of the Washington football team, Ron Rivera, of course, announced during the offseason he's battling cancer, getting chemotherapy. Well, he inspired his troops as Dwayne Haskins and company, led Washington in the second half, and they get the win. So – Washington, underdog, six points. And we liked the Eagles, but Washington showed some moxie, showed some grit. They traded away Adrian Peterson, or actually released him, before the start of the season. And um, huge win for that organization, especially all the turmoil that they had in the offseason with the nickname and the allegations in the front office and, and the staff with the sexual harassment. Huge win for Dan Snyder. Huge win for Ronald Vere, Dwayne Haskins. In in division victory week one, they they get the upset over the Eagles. Spence probably the most shocking game along with Jacksonville over the weekend.
1: Yeah, it was certainly really shocking, and I think it was, the most shocking part about it was the seventeen point blown lead. A championship, you know, a recent championship team, a great coach, and they just get pummeled out of nowhere from one of the sorriest franchises in football history. It's just one of those things, like when if you're like a sports better, there's some things that go beyond logic. And that's why there's no sure thing in sports at all. That's why you play the game.
0: Uh, Dave, don't lie to the fellow watchers out there. We were all here last Thursday when you were on the chat hyping Baker Mayfield. So we know you're a Dolphins fan, uh, but you clearly are the Baker Mayfield flag bearer for this uh, podcast comment section. So just take it, just own it, and we'll move on from that. So the next game... Ended in, it was actually a really good game to watch. Division matchup in the NFC North, Bears-Lions, and uh, the Bears, huge comeback. Mitch for president, Spence, as a fantastic second half from Trubisky, one of the most scrutinized quarterbacks in the entire NFL, made some huge throws. I have been one of the last to jump off of the Trubisky bandwagon, because I think he doesn't have the it, Spence. He doesn't have that it we talk about. He doesn't have that juice that Minshew has, but I like a lot of things that he does. I like his ability to extend plays, and he has moments where he can fit the ball in small places, and he did it when it mattered most as he threw a huge touchdown pass to Anthony Miller, great throw, great catch, to put the Bears in front and ultimately winning that game and making a huge comeback against the Lions, but more so the story was as opposed to the Bears winning, the Lions giving it away as late they drove down the field. Matthew Stafford throws a perfect pass to rookie running back DeAndre DeAndre Swift, and DeAndre Swift drops the ball as it looked like he had it. And then, of course, on fourth down, the Lions threw an incompletion, and the Bears get the victory.
1: Uh, it was absolutely heartbreaking to watch DeAndre Swift drop that ball. But, um, yeah, I mean, those this was one of those weird matchups that I wasn't comfortable with in the first place. But the Bears, I think, defensively were just better and they were able to get really, really important stops at the end. And that's just the story of the Lions forever. I I will never – really, this bet came down to I just don't want to bet on the Lions. So uh, in that sense, I had the advantage. And plus, the Bears got the points. Mitchell Trubisky's pass on the outside to give them the lead was impressive. But most of the time, he's been – he was bad for the rest of that game. I I still – I can't get on board like you.
0: Okay, well, I wouldn't say he was bad the rest of the game. He was bad a lot of the game, but he threw three touchdown passes, so he's doing something right in those moments to get them to come back. So, look, he's a work in progress. We'll see. I'm sure he'll have his moments, but I know when he plays in division against the Vikings, he always finds a way to to beat us and do things wrong, and he has his moments, so we'll see. He has his moments where he screws me, too, as I had the Bears last year, and he couldn't do anything. So got to take it a, a week-by-week basis and see what happens with Trubisky. A lot of the talk coming out of the camp was you had a good a good workout slash offseason. We'll see if that transitions. It happened in the second half. We'll see if they can continue that. They got a solid defense, and I like some of the weapons they have on offense as well. And Spence, you talked about the Lions. You hate betting on them. You work with a guy that's a huge Lions homer. Uh, so you, you, you hear all of the heartbreak when you work on that show. Uh, about the lions. I like Stafford. I think he can be a franchise quarterback and win games. What else is the problem with the lions besides Stafford? Where else are they finding ways to just lose games? It's not all on Matt Stafford.
1: Yeah. I wish I could give you a statistic because I usually always have one. I honestly think this, I think there's a stink, a, a metaphorical stink over the franchise. They have to change owners is what it comes down to. They've been the owner of the team forever. They've only won one playoff game in their entire existence as an NFL franchise, if you can actually believe that. It's just, I, I believe this with the Phoenix Suns, too. I think the other team talents, as they are, they just have something that holds them back, and it's like almost supernatural.
0: It's kind of how I feel about the Vikings. But, Dave, only I'm allowed to talk crap about the Vikings. So, if you keep up your sarcasm about them, I'm going to have the Facebook police come and get you, okay? Don't rag on my Vikings. They've already uh, ragged on themselves enough by their performance in week one at home against the Packers as they allow Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay to go up and down the field. Uh, These rookie cornerbacks that they drafted, they had nine draft picks make the roster out of the 15 they selected, uh, were not good. And Mike Zimmer is the cornerback DB guru, and it was very disappointing to see them just get carved up when you had a lot of promise with these young guys. But it is early in the season, and some of the best improvement comes from week one to week two. So they'll have an opportunity to right their wrong. But Aaron Rodgers uh, had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, Spence, as the Packers drafted Utah State quarterback Jordan Love in the first round with their first pick. They actually traded up to get him, and Aaron Rodgers was lights out yesterday. DeAndre – or lights out on Sunday. Uh, Devontae Adams had 15 catches. He was outstanding, and Aaron Rodgers was – he just carved him up, uh, but no help from the Vikings' defensive line as they got absolutely no pressure on Rodgers throughout the day. Uh, an embarrassing loss for the Vikings at home, but the Packers look, as they always do, kind of the cream of the crop in the NFC North.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's an embarrassing loss. I, the Aaron Rodgers was just slinging that rock, like, <laughs> to use slang there. It, it's just crazy. I mean, part of it may be he's supercharged because Jordan loves behind him on the bench. I think that could also be part of it. But there's a, they have another year in this system, so you know they're going to be more comfortable. The new coach, their new coach LeFleur, Lafleur, is good coach, so it's only natural for things to progress forward. And again, I think the Vikings are gonna have to feel things out on offense before they're really comfortable. They got it going a little bit late, but I think that's something they'll come into a full stride, maybe like eight, like week eight or something like that. I know it's not you don't want to wait that long, but and they'll win games. On that, they're not going to go zero and eight but it'll be a while before they really feel out how things are going to go without Diggs.
0: Next matchup, Seahawks Falcons Spence, uh, I wouldn't say I was surprised. I did think that the Falcons would put up a little more of a fight. Uh Todd Gurley into the mix and then the way they finished off the season last year. Dan Quinn, head coach of the Falcons, former defensive coordinator of the Super Bowl winning Seahawks team quite a few years ago. But Russell Wilson, um, obviously's been a huge supporter of him. I think he's top two, top three in the league, and he was outstanding in week one as he just was unstoppable against Atlanta. They get the road victory traveling to the East Coast, and they take care of Atlanta. And they easy, easily cover that one-and-a-half spread. Uh, the Falcons try to fight late, but Russell Wilson and Seattle too much on offense.
1: Yeah, I think this is a very similar to the last game we just discussed and that the Seahawks are really just that good, and you're just going to have weeks where you don't want to come out week one playing them, no matter if there's a crowd or not. And that's what we saw here. The Seahawks are one of the title contenders of the of the NFL, and they showed it off today on on Sunday, and also the ability to make really important stops, which could be a difference going forward into the playoffs, not just for the regular season.
0: Yeah, Dave, nice draft pick with Calvin Ridley. As a uh, look, some of this the 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 fantasy football stat stuffers uh, guys that get a lot of a lot of flack. Spence guys that have to come back late. And their teams are down. Some of those names, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. So it's unfortunate those guys don't get some of the credit they deserve. It's hard to really analyze and quantify why guys like that uh, aren't getting more victories when they are the topper tier of quarterbacks, in my opinion. I mean, Matt Ryan did go to a Super Bowl in his great, great season, almost MVP season. Of course, they blew that big lead to the Patriots. But Russell Wilson is just another level elite And defenses have got to find a way to not let him beat you by extending plays with his legs. He's so elusive and he's so calculating when he decides to run. It's almost like he's unstoppable. You've got plenty of tape on him, but they still can't stop it. And it's not like they have, you know, Jimmy Graham wasn't great when he was in Seattle tight end. It's not like they've had AJ Green or any, or Odell Beckham, DJ Metcalf, second year guy, Uh, Tyler Lockett, out of who I believe is not even playing this year due to COVID-type stuff, and and not a lot of stud consistency at the running back position. You plug in a guy like Chris Carson, Russell Wilson is just a straw that stirs the drink with the Seattle franchise. And every year, they make a playoff appearance or they're right in the mix to win the division because he's that good. So if you're going to beat Seattle, you've got to come up with a good defensive game plan. You cannot let Russell Wilson on third down after third down beat you with his legs or extend plays and continue to extend drives. Seattle can't be beat consistently when you let him do that. They've got some holes on the offensive line. There's got to be some ways schematically to be able to get pressure on him. And when you get your hands around him, bring him down. So that Seattle, one of the most impressive performances of week one, next game, Spence on the docket Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders against the Panthers. We were on opposite sides of that, but It was very close, as here locally, Raiders fans excited. They get the win over first-year head coach Matt Rule and first-year as starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers and his first start uh, at the beginning of the season since he was in Minnesota and had that catastrophic knee injury, Teddy Bridgewater. But the Raiders get the win, and they get the cover against the Carolina Panthers. You mentioned it when we talked beforehand, uh, Josh Jacobs, Three touchdowns for the Raiders. Nice win for the Raiders. Their defense gave up a lot of points. And also the Carolina Panthers defense gave up a lot of points. Spence, uh, what do you think about these two teams coming out of Sunday's victory for the Raiders? The Panthers, what do they have to look forward to? And here in Las Vegas, the Raiders, what do they have to look forward to?
1: yeah, so the Raiders' defense is just as bad as I predicted it to be. I'm starting a bunch of nobodies. not, not technically nobody's a cornerback, but rookies or second year's Nick Lawson. I bet you that's a name that nobody knows. He was an undrafted guy from Houston who somehow made the roster over Prince of and it just showed on the field. I mean they got literally burned on a sixty yard pass that gave, when they gave up the lead. but the Raiders' offense, I'll give them credit, looked really good. The run game was balanced well by the passing game although Derek Carr continues to be a yak king obviously the, the biggest pass play of the game was off a slant from Henry Ruggs and sometimes I think it's painful for him maybe to look downfield maybe he, made, he has a cursed contract with a genie or something like that he refuses to look past the first down marker on any given play it's extremely frustrating it's not going to work against every team the Panthers like we had talked about are one of the worst teams in the league although uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked great
0: yeah, I'm really proud of and happy for Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully, you know, with the combination of Christian McCaffrey and some of those young receivers, uh, they can be competitive. It's going to be tough for that defense, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I, like, I love Teddy Bridgewater. He can also extend plays with his legs, and he made some good decisions. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Carolina moving forward. The next game was one I was really interested in, and, and Dave mentioned Tyler Lockett did play for Seattle. Uh, I was hearing that he may sit out the season, but as you're saying, it looks like, He is in for this season and did play yesterday. So, of course, he's a big weapon in the return game and, of course, a weapon for Russell Wilson. So the Los Angeles Chargers, they go on the road against Joe Burrow, number one overall pick, Cincinnati Bengals, and they're fortunate to get out with a win as uh, Burrow drove down the final drive of the game. He threw a touchdown pass to A.J. Green. There was a penalty thrown for offensive pass interference. That would have been the game-winning touchdown, so they had to settle for a short chip shot Field goal attempt from Randy Bullock. He pulled his hamstring, it looked like, on the play, and shanked the kick, and the Bengals lose. But uh, I I really like Joe Burrow. I, I definitely think he's a franchise quarterback. I would have personally traded quite a bit to move up and see if I could acquire him. And I'm really the only one that I know of that made this comparison, Spence. But we just spoke of Russell Wilson. Joe Burrow reminds me more of Russell Wilson than anybody. Uh, And if you watch some of those highlights and what he did in the championship game and what he does within the confines of the pocket to extend plays, I think more people will get on board with that comparison. And I made the comparison at the end uh, of the championship game. The way he moves in the pocket is so similar to Russell Wilson and the way he can extend plays. I think the Bengals got a gem on their hands. And for somebody that didn't play any preseason games, for him to play as well as he did. Uh, was pretty impressive, and he's going to have a chance to double down on that performance on a short week in-state against Cleveland. So it was a push. The Chargers get the win. Their defense is solid, and remember that when you're analyzing Burrow, this this Bengals team played against a solid Chargers defense, and it was a good game, and and like I said, the Bengals probably should have won it, but the Chargers get the win. Any thoughts on Joe Burrow and that matchup, Chargers-Bengals week one?
1: Yeah, nothing really flashed off the page. He didn't have an explosive game. But like you said, the Chargers are probably have a top 10 defense without a doubt, maybe even a top five in some people's eyes. So I think he was very poised, not making huge mistakes. And, you know, the ability to make a big running play like that is pretty unbelievable for a guy who has the football IQ that he does. We'll see if he tends to kind of look for the run more. I think he'll be more of a Brady Pocket type of guy, but the ability to move and shift his feet and sense pressure around him is extremely impressive.
0: Uh next game, Niners, the defending NFC conference champion, represented the conference in the Super Bowl. They went on the road to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. And we talked about this one a little bit. We were on different sides of that. The Cardinals played each game close last year against San Francisco. And I like the upgrades that the Cardinals had coming in this offseason with Hopkins and company and not only did they cover, they uh, they get the win outright. Great win for the Cardinals to start off second year under Cliff Kingsbury.
1: Oh, gosh. I, I This is just one of those games where you are totally spot on, and I was way off. It's, the 49ers just, I don't know, they just don't look very good. The unfortunate part for the Cardinals is that Isaiah Simmons looks like garbage. I was, I was big on him. But it looks like a wasted of a pick. If they could have gotten Beckton, which I thought they would, and like thought they should, the Cardinals would look that much better this season. I'm impressed how fast Kyler Murray is is just is uh, developing his passing game. Looks really comfortable, and ha- you know, having DeAndre Hopkins certainly will not hurt your development at
0: all. Yeah, we'll have to get into that uh, Simmons talk at another time because I'm curious to go back and forth about what you saw there and, and hear about him. So next game. Uh, you were right on. I was right off on this one uh, with the Bucs. They, now, they look great on that first drive, um, but that was it. As the Saints took control after that, I thought Brady and the boys would be primed and ready to go. Looks like they're going to have to get acclimated with each other for a few more weeks. Saints at home. Get the win and get the easy cover, spins.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think this is an indication that the Bucks are going to be bad. First of all, the Saints are one of the best teams in the league. And also, there's no preseason, brand new guys. It's going to take time, like I thought.
0: All right, let's get to the next game, Spence. And uh, there was the late games. Um, so, Cowboys, Rams, that one was the Sunday night matchup. We were on the wrong side of that. And for the first half, I got to give the Rams credit. They looked pretty good, and their defense was solid. Aaron Donald just dominated again. Uh, the Cowboys couldn't quite get in the end zone as much as they needed to. And the Rams get the win by three, 2017, Spence.
1: Yeah, the Rams look a lot more poised. I said they they sucked, and they certainly don't. So I, I'm impressed by the, the way they look. I'm, it's just one of those games I didn't expect.
0: And Monday night, I didn't get a chance to watch these. If, if you haven't listened to the show before, I boycotted ESPN. So unfortunately, I only got to watch bits and pieces of these Monday night games. Uh, the first one was Steelers-Giants. Spence, how did that game look to you? The Steelers got the cover, but they didn't blow them out. They only won by 10.
1: Yeah, it's a little more... Eh, It really was kind of a blowout. They had control the entire time. That was my first trip out of the week, and it definitely went through. They have the best defense in the league, so you combine that with a young quarterback, they couldn't get anything going basically at all outside of like the first drive. And they got really lucky with that fumble punt in the first possession, which they didn't even get a touchdown at. After Even after going down at the two, the Giants are going to be bad. (laughs)
0: Yeah, first-year coach Joe Judge, definitely a big question mark on that hire. And the final game last night, we mentioned it at the very, very start. Uh, the Titans, who I liked in that matchup, I had them on a lot of my tickets. But they win, but they didn't. They covered our number. But the final number, they didn't cover as it closed around three And a lot of the contests, two and a half. Gosh, Steven Goskowski, Super Bowl winning kicker of the Patriots lore. He misses three field goals and an extra point, but he hits the one that matters, the game winner. Uh, but just a – Does he have a job going to the next week, even though he hit the game winner? I don't know, man. I think they're going to be bringing in kickers. And with that extended practice squad roster, wouldn't be surprised if they throw somebody on there and uh, find a way to maybe get Goskowski out of there if he can't get back on track real quick.
1: Yeah, I think he deserves to be in prison uh, for what he did to me, basically (laughs) purposely missing kicks until the last second to uh, make me miss my bet.
0: Well, as we wrap up, we're going to do a quick preview of the Thursday night game coming up. But look, if you've missed any part of the show, you want to go back and listen. Benny, we talked about uh, the, the Western Conference NBA Finals preview, Lakers Nuggets. We talked about this incredible collapse by the Clippers tonight. Uh, As they blow a three to one lead against the Nuggets, Murray goes for 49, just an amazing NBA bubble, NBA playoffs. So if you miss any part of the show, you can go to any of the podcast platforms, search Landry football conference call, and then the rest stop will be underneath there. And you can listen to us, audio boom, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all of that. And of course, tune in every Tuesday and Thursday live nine to 10 o'clock. Go to twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Search the rest Red stop on any of those platforms. And of course, we go live on my Facebook page on Twitter. And then also, you can go back and listen to the shows on YouTube, my YouTube page at BradThebeliever. And of course, SpencerTheWiz at SpencerTheWiz. And if you want to see any more of the stuff he does, you can search YouTube Blue Milk Boys Gaming. Is that right, Spence?
1: Yeah, Blue Milk Boys. Let's go. I always rep the, uh, I always have merch on.
0: Yeah, that's Spence's stuff, so go and support him as well. Spence, as we're wrapping it up, the next football game, before we come back on, Thursday night, in-state battle, Cleveland and Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, number one overall pick. You know how down I am on uh, on the Browns. I think Burrow goes on the road, him in, a, in, a, in addition to Joe Mixon, A.J. Green. I think he has a great game on a short week, and I think they beat Cleveland and send Cleveland to 0-2 to start the season. Gosh, what's what's the line at? I believe it's at six and a half or six, somewhere around there. It may have dropped, uh, but the Browns are a favorite.
1: That is so much, but I'm going to go against you. I'm going to take the Browns. I I hate to say that. I think this could be a shootout, actually, so I'm interested in the over in this game. This is the one I'm staying away from, like personally, but uh, I will take the Browns to go one and one and have a bounce back.
0: All right, so guys, make sure you come back on Thursday and tune in live as we're going to talk more NBA playoffs. Uh, We're going to have some more fun and lighten it up a little bit as well, but we're also going to do our picks and break it down for you. And uh, who knows, we could have a special guest picker from the comments come on and pick their games against the spread to see if they can beat myself and the Wiz. And if they do, they're the champion for the week and will come back on next week if they want to defend that title. But we're pretty solid, Spence. You hit it 60%. I was at 57. Uh, Not my best performance, but I guarantee you I will finish the season at the record I have now or better. That's a guarantee wow. for the rest stop right now. So if you want to bet, uh, we'll put some coins in your pocket. So make sure – and Spence will highlight our best bets because we didn't do that before, but our, all of our best bets hit. Okay, you love the Steelers. I love the Ravens. So as far as that goes, you would have put some coin in your pocket. So until Thursday – uh, for Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. I want to thank Benny Superfly, of course, Diamond Dave Perry for chiming in. Uh, Dave, we may we may have you on Thursday to join us. Corey, uh, Alex Seppi, everyone, thanks a lot for, for chatting. And join us every Tuesday and Thursday live, 9 to 10 o'clock. This is The Rest Stop. I'm Brad Restituto. Have a great night. We'll see you on Thursday.